Defeats don't seem to be costing sides in the top four race yet, but those in the knockout places, and they can't afford many more slip-ups. It's getting tense as the battle to reach the quarterfinals comes to what looks like a dramatic conclusion. And this is the place where we break it all down. Welcome to the T20 Blast podcast. Hello everybody, if you're listening to it when the content's at its freshest, a very happy Thursday to you. If you're not listening to it on Thursday, but listening to it on Friday instead, a happy start to your weekend that we hope is full on a Friday of Vitality Blast Cricket. We hope your Thursday as well is full of Vitality Blast Cricket. We hope that your life is full of Vitality Blast Cricket because, my goodness me, this is now starting to get a little bit serious, isn't it? Uh, Big games throughout the week. Big games coming up that we're going to be previewing later on in the show. Uh, my name is Jala Theaton. If you have just joined us and just found us, a very warm welcome. If you listen to all of our episodes or some of our episodes before, it is lovely to have you back. And it's also lovely to have my co-host with me back. Hello to you, Cam McFarlane. I have a feeling that you are going to be on your long run when we come to talking about Tuesday's games. How are you? Hi, mate. How are we doing? Yeah, um, don't get me started yet. Let, let's let's ease into it before I go off on a on a rant. Um, I think you might join me on this rant though, because yes. I, th- I think I think we're both on the same page with it. Um, but yeah, lovely to see your face again as always, and we've got a lot to go through again, haven't we? Big games, big results and big changes as the Vitality T20 Blast group stage comes towards its conclusion. Remember that Thursday and Friday's games that we're going to talk about are going to be the final games before we have a mid- another break for the Cairns Championship. And then we just have three more match days to go before we're into knockout cricket. So it is getting very, very close. But before we do that, let's have a look back at the week so far, and we're going to start with a game that should have been on Sky Sports Surrey. Uh, spoiler alert, uh, Sky Sports Surrey will be showing Surrey Cricket on Thursday because that's what it does. Uh, but they should have been showing this game down at Chelmsford. It was a huge game in the context of the South Group, Cam. I know we were talking about this beforehand on, on the preview show that we were doing on Monday uh, because... This game was massive because Essex, if they had won this game, they would have gone top of the group. Somerset also having a bit of a wobble. People were thinking at that point, OK, we talked about it saying that they maybe weren't done yet for a home quarter final. Not just Monday, which we were going to talk about now. Obviously, Wednesday's games have proven that they are very much back on track. Um, but this was a very, very good performance from Somerset, I think. Yes, Um there's only one place to start, isn't there? Tom Banton. You <laughs> cannot do that. <laughs> no. That's, that, that is... That's, that's, it's not, it's oh. not, not possible. I'm not having it. Like, that is one of the greatest shots I think I have ever seen. The bat speed the to come up with that. And it's literally well. just... Straight it's just out the so screen. disrespectful. Oh. It's so disrespectful as well. It's like, don't bowl there, champ. Yeah. And literally, doesn't even, it doesn't even, it, doesn't, it makes you look effortless. It's a ridiculous He didn't shot. even hit it that hard. Like, no. <laughs> mental. Also from this game, um, commitment to the overrate from young Roloff. <laughs> Dislocates yeah. his finger. 
and just gets the coach to pop it back in and then sprints back to his mark. Well, hey, you know, they've got to get the cut within the cutoff. So it's five minutes, you know that. I mean... You know that. <laughs> I mean, just... He's going to go far, that young lad, isn't he? Yeah, he is, yeah, absolutely. I mean, another young lad as well, Jack Brooks, 39 years of age. Uh, two early wickets uh, at the start helped to uh, get Somerset off to a flyer. Essex, 15 for three. Um, I mean, Robin Das and Paul Walter helping Essex getting back uh, to some sort of respectability. 72 off 39 for Das. Um, remember, of course, he's still only 21, so he genuinely is a young talent that might go far. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. The- um, yeah, I thought it was a respectable score, to be honest, from where they were. Maybe never... Absolutely. Maybe never still quite enough. And you probably thought it was still slightly under par, but the recovery from where they were, I actually thought, they're still in with a squeak here. Well, the thing for me is is that, but yet again, though, by the way, um, that's another occasion of Somerset bowling a side out. I'm, ne- I'm going to go through it in a minute because obviously, spoiler alert, they bowled Glorgan out in, on Wednesday as well. <laughs> of course they um, but that is yet another ridiculous performance with the ball from, from Somerset. And that just proves to me why I think they are the team that everybody thinks they are and why I think they are the clear favourites to go and lift this title. I mean, I mean, we talk about the bowling, but let's talk about the batting as well, though, to be fair. Um, Will Smee deciding to uh, deposit Shane Slater for three straight leg side sixes. We've talked about the yep. reverse sweep from Tom Banton. They comfortably get home in 16.3 overs without, I've got to be honest, without really looking like they, they, they broke sweat. This this Somerset side is just something else. It, it, it's actually a privilege to watch this Somerset side, I think, personally. They are excellent. And I gave them some shit at the start of this tournament. But, mm, yes, you did. I mean, that was mainly based on the red ball um, effort of not <laughs> attempting to win games. However, they look an excellent side wherever they play. They are not the home track bullies anymore. As much as they still are home track bullies and their fans seem to beat pretty much everyone at home, they are also an excellent side away from home. And it's going to be very, very tough for anyone who finishes fourth in the North Group to roll into mm. Somerset and win a game. Absolutely. I mean, good luck anybody going having to go down to Cider or Bad. So that was the game on Monday. Uh, just quickly, actually, because um, Essex, just a quick one on Essex, I don't think they should be too worried. I appreciate no. they lost, but they lost to uh, uh, who I think are the best side currently in this in this format um, and in this game. Um, they shouldn't be too worried. I think they should still squeak into the top four. I don't see that changing for them. No, I think I think they're still in a strong position. I don't think that's like I say. I don't think that's a big worry for them at all. Um, you kind of take your loss against Somerset and move on at this stage and think we'll beat everyone else. I'm not really worried about whether we drop points against them because so's everyone else. Absolutely, absolutely indeed. Right then, that was Monday's game. We're now going to move on to Tuesday and we are going to start in the North group because uh, we're going to uh, talk about the South group because the, the biggest game, the bigger game probably on Wednesday night was in the South group. So we're going to start in the North group and we're going to we start... to? Yes, because as I said at the top of the show, 
You're probably coming off your long run. So am I. I thought it was going to be a close game. I did predict the Rapids to win. I did not expect the Rapids to do what they did. Yeah. Let's just go through the story of the game quickly. Um, 38 for 4 were Lancashire uh, after the power play. Pat Brown getting 2-2. Two two. Um, Joss Butler. Been a consistent know, thing you... with us, that wasn't it? Terrible in the power play. Consistent. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But Josh Butler, yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's England's white ball captain. Uh, yeah. Found some form. 74 off 54 for him. Another half century against Worcestershire. Incidentally, actually, the only two times that he's been he's made a half century in the blast this summer is against the Rapids. Um, I've got to ask you about this, though. Right, just briefly. Liam Livingston coming in at eight. What on earth is going on? I mean, why is he coming in at eight? First thing, I mean, I love Dan Villas. Been such a good player for us for so long, and it's it's unfortunate the new rules over the last couple of years that he's now no longer a home player like he used to be, and that we've now got to choose between him and the two overseas players. But I'm confused in this game as to why we've gone with him ahead of CDG. Um, it just felt like it was a strange selection all round. Like, Bailey playing who, again, excellent red ball player, not a T20 player whatsoever. He just, he can't ball line and length in this, in this tournament. So, immediately you drop Bailey in there and lose CDG for... Villas as well. So you just feel light in the bowling straight away. And then, yeah. Um, I mean, I love Tom Hartley. I bloody love Tom Hartley. The batting all-rounder is... He's just... He's fantastic. But with three overs to go, and I get Livy not coming in at the point that we lost the wicket before that because we lost that wicket in the fifth over, I think it was. Sixth over. End of the sixth over. And I get him not coming in at that point. That's fine. Send Rob Jones in. Perfect. You want someone that's going to bat time. You don't want someone that's trying to go from ball one. Even though I do think Libby should bat a lot higher and I always have done. We watched him do it in the 100 for the Phoenix. He opened the batting and he was probably the player of the tournament until the final when he was sat on the balcony just looking like the saddest puppy you've ever seen and they kept cutting back to him on Sky Sports. Um, but then in... at the start of the 18th over, when you lose Rob Jones, so you've got... At that point, you've got 17 deliveries to go. Get the beat ready again. Why the f*** is the batting all-rounder coming in ahead of Liam Livingston with 17 <laughs> balls to go? <laughs> you really love the beat machine this week. It, it, it needs using because, I'm sorry, but Livy Ball's crap. I don't want it. I don't want any of it. I want to see... With 17 balls to go, Liam Livingston coming in and doing what he did with 
like six balls to go, well, whatever it was, ten balls to go. I don't know when he came in. I can't remember now, but I was that mad I've forgotten how many how many balls there were to go when he came in. But then he walks in and goes six, six wide. He was on 13 runs, if you count the wide, off two balls. Um, and then gets himself out trying to go again off the next ball, which is typical. Liam Livingstone It's just exactly what he does. But at that point, he had to. There was hardly any time left and there's no runs on the board. Like, I love Tom Hartley. I think he's fantastic. But at that point in that game, put your best batter in the game. And there is only one man still sat on the bench that if you had to pick someone to put it over the rope for your life, who are you going to pick that's left on the bench at that point? I'll tell you something. It's not going to be Luke Wood and it's not going to be Tom Bailey. It's not going to be Jack Bladderwick and it <laughs> might be Tom Hartley, but I'll tell you who he definitely is. It's Liam Livingston. Bloody hell. Have I... Have I poked the bear here on this <laughs> you have absolutely let, let, let me let me go through the rest of the game first before i come off of my long run okay so it, look we both thought we were talking about this 164 for eight we both thought wasn't going to be enough it's called new road for a reason it's a road jack Haynes 63 off of 43 mitch santner 49 off 27 that partnership of 81 broke the back of the chase and then it's adam hosing cashy valley there at the end to hit the winning runs. We're going to talk about Worcestershire in a minute, but I'm going to come off my long run here now on Lancashire. I have absolutely no idea what is going on at your county, in particular in T20 cricket at the moment. That top seven on paper is frightening. It has Phil Salt. It has the best white ball batter and possibly player in the world, in my opinion, and that is Joss Butler. It has the man in waiting to take that mantle from him in Liam, in Liam Livingston. You have Daryl Mitchell. You have Colin de Granholm. You have Dane Villas and Stephen Croft. You have so many great players. You have Luke Wood as well and Saqib Mahmood, a brilliant bowling attack. What on earth is currently going on at Lancashire to the point that you are scrapping for your life now, fighting for the quarterfinal spot. You're only ahead and in the quarterfinal spot on the net run rate. That, with that batting lineup, shouldn't be happening. Two questions for you. One, do you think the addition, in particular, of the three players from England might have actually hindered your squad because they've come in and think, you know, and they and they know that they are that good and they don't need to necessarily worry it. And two, was the appointment of Liam Livingston as captain at that point in his career, when he's constantly bowling himself and constantly getting tapped and he's coming in at eight for reasons that we don't know, was the appointment of Liam Livingston as captain with Keaton Jennings out a mistake? Because I think it was. So, first point... One thing, like, obviously I went, went on my long run there. One thing that hurt us today, not today, on Tuesday, sorry, was Luke Wells and Daryl Mitchell getting none from four balls between them. Now, they've been probably the two players in better form than anyone for us in this tournament so far. And they're probably due a bad run and probably due a bad, a bad innings. And unfortunately, it came for both of them on the same day. In terms of the three coming in, the, the big stars, I've kind of I've hinted at this and I've, I don't want to call this out, but I've been, I've been trying to and it's probably not the game to call it out. 
But Joss looks uninterested. He doesn't look like he gives a shit about this competition. Salty is the only one that looks like he genuinely cares and looks like he really wants to play. But he's just out of touch and it's not. he's struggling. He's just not playing particularly well. But Captain and Big Star clearly thinks a lot of himself, Liam Livingston has been very poor. And to be fair, he only bowled himself one over in this game. He didn't, this time, bowl himself four overs. I'm surprised he didn't bowl four. (laughs) So am I. I am as well. But he did only bowl himself one over in this. But I don't know. He's he's not a captain for me. He just isn't. He's not that character. He's not the one that you want leading your team. He's not in... For me, having watched him play for so many years now, it's not in his nature to be captain. Mm. Because it's not the way he plays. You'll never see him come out and do something different and like and try and back for the team or do whatever. He comes out, he swings hard from ball one generally, and just tries to knock every ball out of the park. And if he gets out, he gets out, and if he doesn't, he doesn't. And he doesn't really care either way. And that's okay, probably not fair. He obviously cares if he gets out, but Realistically, he's still going to play that shot regardless of the situation because it's what he does. I just don't think he's a captain. I don't think he's that material. And you know who is a captain? And who might feel a bit more interested and might turn up a bit more and might play a bit better in this? I know you're going to say here. It's Josh Butler. He is a captain and he has been. He's done it for the originals. He's done it for England. He is a captain and he's a leader and he's someone that everyone looks up to. And I don't think Livingston's that character. A word on Worcestershire, though, because I appreciate it's hard. It, it, it was tough for you for like uh, obviously you know you you lost by seven wickets. Great and, performance from them. Excellent, yeah. excellent performance from them. And it just goes to show you what we were saying at the top of the, the in the preview show that we were saying that we don't very really good side. Yeah, we didn't understand how they finished bottom last year, and the signing of Jose in particular, I, I was gutted about. And to me. They look like a side that could easily finish in the top four. I, I appreciate for them it's a it's a tough road to go down. Uh, what they've got left, I know they've obviously got to come to us when we beat them a couple of weeks uh, last week. But I mean, they have got a tough road. To be fair, they have got the Outlaws at home uh, tomorrow. Oh well, Thursday as you're listening, we'll preview that and we'll obviously preview their game against the Bears, the Bears versus Pears Derby. But Durham at home and Derbyshire away. That's not necessarily an awful run to get yourself to 16, which should be enough to get I into the quarterfinal. I don't. I think they're in, in a relatively good spot, to be honest. I don't think they're, they're going to be too worried about that at all, especially not with a game in hand on, on everyone around them except for your lot. And speaking of our lot, what a game. What a game. This was up at Chesterfield Street. It was a low-scoring thriller, and thank Christ we love we... a low-scoring thriller, don't we? And thank Christ they got away. They got away with it, and they you did get away with it. You got very lucky at the end here. Yeah, we did, and I needed that win not just because of the fact that Durham. I've been bashing them completely all season on the pod, but also, and more importantly, because of what happened on Tuesday down at Edgebaston, and I'm still bitter about it. But anyway, we're not talking about that. Um, Bears won the toss and bowled then um, up at. 
but Chester the Street, very good decision. Hassan Ali doing what Hassan Ali does. I am gutted he is going. Uh, he's called up to the test squad. Oh, yeah. And I am gutted that he is going and he won't be there for the knockout stages because we're going to miss him badly. Uh, 215 for him. Danny Briggs getting his 250 uh, T20 wicket and then he got his 251st in successive deliveries. Uh, so very good stuff for Danny Briggs. Just a, a, a very good player. Has he, he's just a steady, steady player as he has been all of his years, I think. Yeah, he's just so, so good and so consistent, isn't he? He's just been for so long now that player that you can just rely on. He's the leading wicket taker in this competition for a reason. Say so we've only seen two players go past two hundred wickets in this competition and Danny Briggs is a lot younger than the other one, being young Sammy Patel. That's to say, young Sam Patel. Please excuse me. Yeah. Well Danny Briggs is seven years away from being the young Danny Briggs. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. So um, yeah, the the blast the blast twenty thirty three when Danny Briggs is a young player, we will mm. start. Uh, yeah, when we were saying, is this twenty twenty three again already? Yeah, um, absolutely. And uh, Briggsy, I mean, I'm hoping he plays to then because I love him to bits. Uh, Durham, of course, having to rebuild. Then there was sixty for four when Briggs got that four, uh, got that second wicket. Um, but again, the wicketkeeper Ollie Robinson doing what he's been doing quite a lot this summer, getting crucial runs. Ashton Turner as well, getting fifty as well. Both of them getting fifty. I've got to be honest, I thought one four six or 5 looked pretty short of par, um, especially yep. when Alex Davis and Robbie Yates put on 80 for the first wicket. Um, but cometh the hour, cometh Ben Rain, because why not? You know, he's been brilliant most of the season. He, he goes in spells, really. Um, he went two, he went two. got two wickets and two balls twice. Um, reduced the Bears from 125 for four. That's when Benjamin went out. to 133 for eight when Hassan was gone first ball. He's four for 30 and Excellent innings, uh, bowling-wise. Excellent figures. Um, it got nervy, but Briggs comes in. Danny Briggs again with a huge six uh, over square leg. And then Jacob Bethel holding his nerve out to win the game. And, oh, my God, I was I, I, I nearly had a heart attack. You know the, you know the uh, message I was sending in the WhatsApp. You were not, you were not, not doing well at this point. No, um, I was not. Because of the yeah. way they collapsed. Yeah. It was, but fair play, Jacob Bethel getting you over the line. Uh, although I think probably the most important thing in this chase was probably Danny Briggs's six. Because at that point, you look like you've blown it. And that just dragged it back to thinking, right, this is actually fairly easy again now. And we've just that little bit of leeway from Briggs coming in and doing that. Yeah, But I yeah, mean... Ben Rain. Ben Rain is... Just needs he needs more praise from us, really. Um, we mentioned him at the in the preview and and how consistent and how good he is, but he's been so so good. Thirteen for wickets in this tournament. Thirteen wickets for him. But and it's not just the wickets, is it? It's just he's so difficult to get away and score runs off. He just he drags the game back for them so often. Yeah even if he doesn't take wickets, but he's taken plenty as well. I mean, he's, I think his economy rate for the entire tournament, just looking at the uh, stats now, is 6.94 uh, for an yeah, economy rate, which is... Un- very impressive. Very, very good. Um, uh, this was shot- actually one where he got a bit more tap than usual. And yeah, he still he took four wickets and nearly had two hat-tricks. 
And Nathan Soto, again, getting two for 17. That takes him to 21 wickets on the tournament, which is just phenomenal. Um, I've, although I've got to be honest, I don't wish They did make a it. mess, though. They made a mess of it, didn't they? Yes, they did. Why is Liam Travaskis bowling the last over? I guess it's because Durham... They gambled early, didn't they? They gambled early to try and... Yeah, do you remember that game against Nottinghamshire where they did exactly the same? They tried to get the game won because they knew they were under par and they bowled their best bowlers and it it just didn't work for them. Um, Surely they have, though. Surely they have somebody that can just bowl a little bit of medium pace or something where they can still try and sneak Yorkers in like wide Yorkers or something to try mm. and defend it because we've seen it so many I've never but maybe once maybe twice the couple that maybe of exceptions that prove the rule but in this competition in any T20 competition a spinner ball in the last over never goes well no you it can doesn't just get after if you've got no worry whatsoever of getting out like you do earlier on in in the innings maybe when you're facing the spinners if you know it does not matter if I get out here you tend to be able to send them the distance well the Bears did uh, Jacob Bethel did to get himself over the line 10 played and they are now top of the pile still on 14 points and they have a game in hand on a lot of teams that are chasing them uh We'll come back to the Bears maybe a little bit later when we preview their game against Yorkshire. But I'm going to ask the question, are Durham out of this? Because I think they are. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they are as well now. It Yeah, it's too far to come back from. I don't think... I don't think 15 points will be enough to get you in. Even if they win all three, I don't, I don't think they're in. Yeah. They have got the slight advantage that they have a better net run rate than a couple of teams above them. But they've got to go... I just don't think... I just don't think 15 is enough. Their final games are Yorkshire at home, Worcestershire away, Birmingham away. Ouch. Yeah, no, they're they're gone. Speaking of Yorkshire, this is an opportunity for you to uh, uh, throw some more shade at those across the Pennines. That's the next game we're going to, unless Yorkshire against North Ads. Um, I've got to be honest, I thought... No, my friends across the Pennines that I keep predicting to win. Yes. Well, I, I actually called North Ads, I think, to win this, if memory serves me correctly. Um, but uh, I, I've got to be honest, I thought that 180 for six, I thought that was under par, because we know what normally comes up ahead in league. It is Tut Road. Um, yeah, it's, ah, it's Tut Road, aye. There's no, there's no potholes on that road. No. Uh, Justin Broad, the German international, uh, decided he wants to do bits. He's third 20 German? <laughs> Yeah, it's a German. So, yeah, third 2020 game of the season. 47 not out of 32. An excellent innings for him. Lovely uh, knock up, in the middle there. Yeah, called up from the seconds uh, three games ago. And he's got himself 47 off of 32. Big, big performance that for North fans. Jaffa Chohan. Quick runs saw... for... Well, I was going to say, quick runs for David Willey and AJ Ty at the end, which got them probably up to that score from, yes. from possibly struggling a little bit as well, which... Which might just have made the difference, really, and we we say it so often. Those quick runs at the end. uh, Yeah, I mean, I thought the whole innings just felt very stop-starty a little bit for North Ants. Um, I'll be brutally honest. Um, Jaffa Chowan deserves a shout-out. One for 13 off of four overs. When we saw him um, at blast off and thinking, why is he batting at 10? Um, The batting all-rounders getting Chris Lynn in back-to-back games. Absolutely. Correct. Uh, But... 
when we saw 186 as I say, I thought it was under par. Uh, Tom Taylor said, no worries, dogs. I got this, dogs. Uh, ben Sanderson and David Willey got Yorkshire 22 for four in 5.2 overs. Very good performance for both of them. Two, two crucial wickets for the pair of them. Then Tom Taylor decides to rip through the middle and lower order. Five for 28. Yeah. The career best figures. Yorkshire 102 all out. North Ants win by 78 runs. Thanks for coming. Yeah, and the only bit of credit in, in this for Yorkshire is David Marner needs to knock again, because he like, always does. That's, I mean, that's just standard, isn't it? It was only 34 this time, but, but in this chase, that is excellent, because my word, the rest of them were bad. Yes, yes, they Mike, were. Mike Ben getting four off ten doesn't help. <laughs> I still don't forget. I still will never ever forget that uh, <laughs> that tweet, which I thought was hilarious. Um, the I, worst I, I, baller ever to represent. How did he get on with the ball? I've forgotten that. Like, he bowled one I, over, one for yeah. seven, one over, oh, for, no. like, not yeah, for seven, off bad. one over. Like it's not bad. Why is he not bowled more? Well, for Yorkshire, that's a second game in a row. Dave made a low score. 68 against yes. Derbyshire at Chesterfield on Sunday and then they got hammered it's again. It's very collapsy again, isn't it? I mean, they but, were 22 but, for four but that and just they were seven you, for four the week before. Yeah, sorry for to interrupt. I do apologise. But that just shows you the nature of what we've been talking about all season. If the top order doesn't go, Yorkshire don't go and now they're outside yeah. the top four on net run rate. What I, I try to remember, of course, they had that period where they've won six straight games. They lost the first three, they've now won six straight, and now they've lost two. What's the yeah. real Yorkshire? Because I ain't got a bloody clue. Nobody knows. Um, not a clue. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think they're a very good side, but then they keep showing me that they're not. Um. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I have no idea. I've just, I, I'll probably pick them to win again when we do a prediction in a minute because I think they're good and then they might either get 215 or they might get four. I don't know. I hope you don't pick it. I hope you don't pick them. Uh, right, moving on. Uh, net, final game in the North Group. Uh, <laughs> is, uh, final game in the North Group for Tuesday. We're not going to spend too much time on this because we thought it was going to be a comfortable win and it was. Leicestershire against Notts. Um, Joe Clark having an excellent season. Uh, 72 off 41 for him in the runs yet again. Colin Munro going quite well. And there were 79 for one off of, of 8.1 to be fair. Unless they pull it back, Tom Scriven. Yeah, it wasn't. I don't think this was a great performance. But it didn't need to be. I mean, Tom Scriven getting no. four for twenty-one. I, I, I mean, I thought one hundred and sixty-five for eight. That was a score. Leicester was might have been in the game here, uh, but again, they're batting, letting them down. There was sixty-three for none after eight point four, um, but then they finished one hundred and forty-two for eight. That's sixty-nine by my calculations. That is, uh, yeah, sixty-nine in sixty-eight balls. Not very yeah. good. Not very good at all. Um, you've just reminded me of something there from the first game we talked about tonight as well. The fact that Somerset hit 16 sixes in mm. that chase. Um, which meant that off the other 83 balls they faced, they only actually scored 79. 
So they scored at <laughs> less than a run a ball off every other delivery that they faced. But they hit 108 from from 16 balls. Oh, she's ludicrous. <laughs> she's mental, by the way. I meant to bring that up earlier. It just came back to me when you mentioned that. Um, Stephen Mullaney, by yeah, the I way, think... can I just say very, very quickly... That is one of the more ridiculous catches you'll ever see off of Colin. Oh, Ackerman. yeah, yeah. Rid- what was ridiculous. going on there? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, no idea. Um, it's like, is the non-striker get an assist for that? I'm not sure. I think so. <laughs> it's like that, it was like that leech catch, wasn't it, against New Zealand? Uh, last when it came off the bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very similar. Yeah, um, I always feel like the non-striker should be out because he's hit it last. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> um, n- not then. Uh, we won't talk about Leicester because that's officially eliminated them now. Uh, again, we talked about the batting all summer. It hasn't been good enough. But I want to talk about Notts. A minus net run rate, yet they're second in the table. Yeah, what it's just, the it's just a bit odd, isn't on? it? It's just a bit odd, isn't it? Because you don't associate a minus net run rate with Notts. They generally score a lot of runs with the strength of that top three. Mm. And it's a bit bit baffling. It's just a couple of... Well, the problem is that as soon as the top three get out, I don't fancy the rest of them to chase 15 in a local league match. Like, But when the top three fire, they... They just blow teams away. And I think it always seems to be one of them, though. And I think that's what's hurt the net run rate. Mm. It's never both Clark and Hales this year. It's yeah. always one of them. And yes, Munro's supported them pretty well beyond that point as well. But I think that's what's costing them. And they should be fine. They should make the... Well, they'll, de- they'll definitely make the top four. Let's not be silly about it. They're going to make the top four. Yeah, I well, agree with you. They might miss out on a top two spot based on the net run rate, depending on how things go. And if they do, that's, that could hurt. I'll tell you what. Because you're that- probably going to Surrey. Well, that tell you what, or that game you on, go into Cyberbad. Yeah, well, Thursday is huge, isn't it? That game between Worcestershire and yes. Nottinghamshire. But we will preview that in a bit. We've got a couple more games to talk about. We're going to shift. I'll be honest. I hope. I'll be honest. I hope they win. I, I don't. I hope <laughs> they win because because our our hopes might rest on Worcestershire not getting in. Well, we're going to talk about the South Group now, and we're going to talk about Gloucestershire against Hampshire, and our old friend Stern is back. It's the DLS. It's back. Here he is. Here he Duckworth is. Duckworth and Lewis from back in the day and, and new boy Stern. Yeah. Here he... <laughs> Hampshire put in then up at Bristol. He must have something on them too. I don't know what yeah. it is, but he's got something on them. Yes, definitely. Uh, going back to the game then, to Gloucester against Hampshire. Uh, Hampshire put in, looked a very good decision early on. Uh, Toby Albert, Joe Weatherly each getting over 30, but they were 114 for six at that point. Ross Whiteley this time is a run scorer. 41 off of 25. I thought 158 for seven was respectable. Another good performance from Tom Smith. Three for 26. Then the rain comes. Uh, they had a revised target of 85 off of nine. So when they came back out, because it was a, they were 15 for one, I think. So they need 69 off 40 balls. 
Um, yeah. Mars Hammond hits Liam Dawson mid-off in the fourth. But no matter. Ben Charlesworth and Ben Wells, brilliant batting, some ridiculous hitting, unbeaten standard 55. They win with five balls remaining. This feels yeah. huge, and it feels that Gloucestershire are hanging on like Mufasa in the Lion King. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is why you always want to bat second if there's rain about, isn't it? Absolutely. Because... And do we think this is where <laughs> we're going to get into a debate that's that's way above above our heads here? But is this where Douglas Lewis falls down? No, because I mean, yes, and no, no, I know, no. So, so yes, I know that it adjusts the score, but it doesn't adjust the number of wickets you've got. So you can just swing the hell out of it, and it doesn't matter because you're only batting eight overs, but you've still got all tens to go with. Well, yeah, but I mean that's the. I mean, that's the, the sort of rule that it is. I mean, it's the fairest way to do it, obviously. No, but I think, I think if you was, there was some sort of compromise between, yes, the runs you need goes up a bit above the rate that you need to get, but also you've only got six wickets if you're chasing it off nine overs rather than ten, and there's some sort of compromise between it. Maybe puts a little bit more, little bit more pressure on you. You can't just blindly go after it well teams would go up, teams would go after it if they had wickets in the bank um if with eight overs to go in it in a normal game you know so it's not necessarily a bad thing i don't think yeah no i don't think it's a bad thing i just think it possibly falls down a little bit i think there's too much of an advantage for the team batting second but, um, a, big, but a big especially once once you've got once you've got the full target so you, if you get through the nine overs that you've got to go and chase it in. Because obviously it affects it as you go along. If you lose wickets, it changes it. But if you're going to get the full nine overs in, it doesn't matter how many wickets you're losing. It doesn't affect what you're chasing. So I think that's where it possibly just falls down a little bit. But but it was a it was, the rules are what the rules are. And I thought it was, a, it was an excellent chase from Gloucestershire here, to be fair. Um, like you say... Wells and Charles were just, just bite beautifully to get them there. And a good performance from Ben. I was going to say as well um, that um, that Liam Dawson is the guy that probably should have been bowling spin for England this this week. We're not talking because, about that because, because he can because he can hold an end up. But we're not talking he about 20, that. He went, he went for twenty nine off two overs, so maybe not. <laughs> We're not talking about that because I'm still fuming. Uh, but talking <laughs> about talking about this game, he's, about, his, he's, he's at the bottom of the long run again. I am at this point, but going back to it before I really go on the long run, Hampshire, they love giving the rest of um, them like a sniff, don't they? That they they, they could have pretty no, much sealed the trying, top four. They're just trying to lull everyone into a false sense of security again. Yeah. And we'll probably lose to them again, get an absolute battering at home. uh, To be honest, I mean, we'll come back to this when we start previewing, but they are banging trouble right now. Absolutely. Uh, But we are going to move on, because we've still got a couple more games to look at. And we're going to look next at Surrey against Glamorgan. Now, if you may remember this, in the reverse fixture earlier this summer, Surrey hit 236 for two, Laurie Evans turning up. (laughs) That was the highest score at Cardiff. 
in the T20. And now they've hit the highest score at the Oval. <laughs> 238 for five. Uh, and uh, that is also comes when they were put in as well. Yes. That's not what you want. Oh, it's a very... Very NASA decision at the toss, this one, wasn't it? A <laughs> very Brisbane 2002. It was. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, that top four. <laughs> Just, I, I do like me a bit of Sonora Ryan sent in as the pinch hitter at three as well. Yeah, I agree. He started doing it years back in, in the IPL. And when he's on, he just... Everything goes, but but the the almost two million dollar man again, Sammy Curran, fifty nine off of twenty two, six <laughs> sixes in twenty two balls. Um, yeah, Very this good. is an excellent knock, and I feel like it's all my fault. This <laughs> why because you predicted Gil Morgan to do so well. Yeah, because our prediction is getting the top four. Every time they play a decent side, they just concede a hundred thousand runs. Spoiler alert! <laughs> Did the same on Wednesday, but we'll come on to that in a yeah. bit. It's either, um, it's either my fault or I'm just a moron for picking them. And I'll let the listeners decide. They're not mutually exclu- They're not mutually exclusive. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, only Andy Gorvin didn't go for over ten runs and over in this game for Glamorgan. That is some tap. Um, I, I, look, we should all little shout out to Ange Postacoglu as well. Uh, <laughs> who... <laughs> he got three wickets. He got a bit of tap, but he got three wickets. Uh, look, we should also stress and we appreciate for everyone who who knows. Obviously, Glamorgan got a lot of injuries, and at the moment, Colin Ingram is out, and it looks like he could be gone for the rest of that, the tournament. That's what's hurt them massively as yeah. well. To be fair, yeah. Um, Chris Cook getting forty on a twenty-eight, but Chris Jordan doing business again for Surrey with a, with a ball four for twenty-one. Um, uh, it's an eighty-one run victory for Surrey. Um, I, I, I mean, what else is there to say? I guess injuries are going to cost them. Glamorgan, and it looks like Surrey are pretty much just making sure that they just get further enough in front to get to that home quarter final. Yeah, I think I think what's really hurt them and the big well, the two things. One is losing Ingram and the other one is the big sort of caveat with me picking them was that Sam Northeast had a big tournament. Mm. And he's not been very good. He hasn't got runs consistently. And in that lineup, you kind of need him to perform. They do indeed. First uh, game on Wednesday was Glamorgan against Somerset, we'll look at. But before we do that, we do have a game to look back on Tuesday, which was Sussex against Kent. Again, this felt like a huge game for both teams. Whoever felt it, uh, whoever lost, felt like that was them done. Um, for Sussex, once again, the young Ravi Bopara, great future ahead of him. Oh, um, yeah. he might, he might play for the next twenty years. That boy, fifty-three off of thirty-nine for him. Um, Sussex were one three three for three after fifteen, but Wes Agar and Michael Hogan just brilliant death bowling. Hogan finishing up four for yeah. thirty-one in the end uh, to limit them to one six nine for seven. There from them, you felt. I thought that Sussex slightly were in the game, especially then 
when they reduced Kent to 23, uh, 28 for three after nearly four overs. Then Jordan Cox decides that he yes. can bat. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. 82 not out of a 44. Six fours, five sixes. Daniel Beldrummond and Jack Leaning uh, come to help him. And they just cruise home with eight balls remaining. Um, I guess the, the, the big takeaway from this game is A, Jordan Cox is brilliant, when especially if he gets in, and B, Sussex are anti Niamid. Yes. Yeah, Sussex are gone now. We can, we flip-flopped on the Sussex analogy. They were on live support, <laughs> couple, they're now gone, all right? Then they were off, and then they were potentially coming back from the dead. But they are fully... The funeral has happened, they've been buried... Everyone's had a nice drink and a nice chat about what a nice person they were, but we're all moving on now. Um, <laughs> we've taken this far too far. This no, I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, and and to be fair, looking at this game, if you get to under my ear, Joe Denley and Sam Billings for a combined seven runs, mm. you fancy beating Ken every single day of the week. But yeah. Jordan Cox doesn't fancy that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know. Is it time yet, do we think? Tell the story. Come on. <sighs> okay. Why well, not? Yeah, it's a fair. He's, he's, right. he's got... we, we've been nice about him. Yeah. We've, we've said <laughs> how well he's batted. Come on. <laughs> so the story goes, Lister, right? Uh, what was it? Two years ago now, 2021. Uh, it Kent. was, when you played away at Kent in the quarterfinal. Correct, it was. And he took an absolute... Scr- he took a, a very good catch on the boundary to end the game, if memory serves me correctly, that point. We'd left by then because Bears were, were crap. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, th- what happened then was we then go into a nightclub in Kent. I can't remember exactly where it was. It was a, I think it was like a sort of a, a Caribbean sort of nightclub, if memory serves me correctly. Or it, it, was, it was like a... Uh, Latin American. I'm not quite sure, but my memory was Still a bit done. hazy. Oh, we very we were... much the um, the What's the that, demographic sorry? of Kent right there. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> uh, to be fair, my memory was a bit hazy because I'd, I'd had a lot of alcohol by this point. Anyway, so we walked into this nightclub, and there's an area roped off, and there's some people in a Kent jacket, and I went up to, uh, and I was wearing my Bears shirt, you know, whatever, and um, I went up to just congratulate them. Uh, because, you know, fair enough, you know, and all that sort of stuff. <clears throat> and then Jordan Cox comes up to me and shouts, Way! As if, like, you know, you, you know, we lost and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, lost and all that sort of stuff. And I just shook his hand. I went, yeah, I want you to win now. I went, what? I went, I want you to go and win it. Go and do it. It'd be great to see you win it. And they did, obviously. And then he took that brilliant catch with Matt Mills with the assist. Um, you know, because it was Jordan Cox's catch, no matter what the scorebook says. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was how I came to meet Jordan Cox. And uh, he basically tried and, uh, you know, abused me for <laughs> winning the game by the court. I actually think you, you've, you've, you've told the story, but you've given the, um, the PC version of the story there, haven't you? No, I haven't. And for that reason and for the legal reasons, we're going to move on. Uh, a very good <laughs> performance for Ken. Uh, but a serious, serious question here. Kent, they have a game in hand on Hampshire. They are right in there. They've Seriously all of a sudden come from nowhere. Now. They've come from nowhere. Will the real Kent stand up? And apparently they have done. Yes. 
so they so we'll come to the tables in a minute, but there are two games we need to still look at, and those are the games on Wednesday. And we'll stay in the South group because this was felt like the last chance saloon for Glamorgan um, against Somerset at home on the road in Cardiff, uh, on the road that they prepared down at Cardiff. Obviously not on the road because that's their home ground. Uh, difficult start for them again, 14 for three after 3.3 and then 53 for five after 6.4. Not very good. Uh, good partnership between Kieran Carson and Tim van der Gutten. They put on 91. Uh, Carson finishes up 71 off 45 and a Gutten 48 of 29. Um, that's yet another occasion. Twice in a week. You know what I'm going to say, Mr. McFarlane. Bold out Somerset. Yeah. Again. Ridiculous. Yeah, that's Ridiculous. the problem, isn't it? And. That's the second time as well. get 71. Sorry to interrupt. I apologise. Ah. I apologise for interrupting. I just want to say what? this. It's the second what? time as well that Glamorgan have been bowled out by Somerset in both games at the T20 Blast this summer. Sorry for interrupting. Please continue. Yeah. No, it's all right. Yeah, if your opener gets 71. At over one and a half runs a ball, you fancy more often than not probably winning a game. If the rest of your top six gets 18 runs between them, you probably won't. <laughs> and playing the lone hand up at the top there, there's a lot of very good players there. Like Chris Cook's been in decent form. Mm. We know how good Sam Northeast is. Billy Roots, a very good player as well. But they're just struggling to score enough runs. And that's a massive problem when your bowling attack cannot stop anything. Yeah, Ben Green getting another two for. That's now 24 wickets in the summer for Ben Green. Three for Everton, three for Brooks, two for Davy, one seven one all out. That's actually the eighth time in eleven games that Somerset are bowled outside, which just goes to continue to show exactly why we think they are the best side um, yeah. in this competition. One seven one was definitely below par on that road. That's been a Sapphire Gardens. Another ridiculously easy batting, batting masterclass felt like for Somerset. Felt like a training exercise. Will Smith. Um, yes. Tom Collicab Moore. Yep. Sixty six. So so good. 66 off 36 for Smead, uh, TKC, 62 not out off of 42. Is that Glamorgan finish? Yes, I think so now. Yes. I mean, they're not technically out of it yet. And if they win the last three and get to 16 points, that might get them in. Especially... Especially because I believe, if memory serves me correctly, one of their games is against Hampshire. Yeah. Which would be massive. They'll need a big win there for the net run rate swing as well. But I think, I'm pretty sure, yep, the 30th of June, they have to go to the Rose Bowl as well. Ouch. On the Friday night. Yeah. To the Rose Bowl. But, you say ouch, but it gives them an opportunity to go and do it. And other than that, to be fair, they've got Sussex, who are now dead. Yep. And they've got the worst team in the history of the Blast. Yeah. In the enough. final game. If you need a win in the final game, at home, mm. 
Who do you want to play? Go on, give me one Mil- team out of wanna, 18. Go on, give me one team out of 18. Do you want to play Somerset? No. Do you want to play Middlesex? <laughs> so, maybe they're not dead. But their net run rate is about minus about 1,000 because they keep considering, conceding all the runs. Yes. 16 might not get them in in the South group. Well, Somerset could get into the quarterfinals officially, mathematically, without even playing tomorrow. That's how... No, they're they in. Are. They are in. They're yeah. 99... But look, they're 99.9% and there. And Surrey are, are in there. as well. well Surrey yeah. are in as well, because they're... Well, both of them are in, even... But look at the net run rate. I mean, yeah, they'd, have to loot, they'd have to yeah. get bowled out for none after yeah. the other team had got 290. Yeah, I, 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 I get it. I, I'm with you, but mathematically... Somerset are not there yet because theoretically Hans can win because uh, Kent could win all their games and then obviously and overtake them on net run rate but it's not going to happen yeah. Somerset are there but mathematically they're just waiting on that if Essex beat Kent tomorrow then they are officially in the quarterfinals they're our first official side in the quarterfinals uh, teams that were looking to stay in the hunt for the quarterfinals as our final game that we're going to look at was in the North group a huge game this between North Hans and Derbyshire, again, it felt like a playoff. Whoever lost this, you might as well have just put the death nail in the coffin. Um, Northant's batting first. They won the toss and back first. It just felt that every time they get going, pretty much like they did on, on Tuesday night up at Headingley Cam, they get out. Regular wickets for Darbs and just kept Northant's in check. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? They're just... Nobody's going on and getting that, that big score, are they? No. Nobody's dragging them up to a big total. Finally, runs for Chris Lynn, to be fair. Runs for Chris Lynn! <laughs> it's about time, isn't it? Like, I, we, all, we all know how good he is, but he's been very poor recently. And... Yeah, they just... It never looked enough, did it? Um, no runs for Hyder Alley. Well, very few runs. Got them quickly though. He scored. He scored his fourteen runs off all boundaries in his eight balls that he faced. Not too bad. Not too shabby. But um, runs again for Wayne Maston, which again he's not had any. Well, he's had a couple of games of a little lean spell, hasn't he? After his almost record-breaking performance at at the start, but then. Lewis Deploy and potential guest of the pod, Brooke Guest. Uh, if we're going to tease that, are we going to tease it? I don't know. I'm wait, waiting for a confirmation on that one. Um, yeah. Um, you have a new mutual um, mutual friend that might be able to get us Brooke Guest on, on the podcast, hopefully, for... Might just be sort of a ten minute phone call, but let's not tease that. We've gone too much here. Forget that bit, we'll go back. Um <coughs> considering he's not said anything back to me yet. Yeah, so Yeah. Yeah, so Lewis Deploy again. Um really good knock from him. Uh just it it probably got a little bit closer than 
maybe it should have done this. Um, but it never really looked in doubt, did it? No, I, you know, for me, right, it just felt like a, a complete reversal from the previous game between the sides, from Bank Holiday Monday on the 29th, where Darbs batted first. They um, hit, you know, they were under par, and then Northants won comfortably. Same for Derbyshire in this one, you know, Northants batted first, went under par, Darbs win comfortably, and they win it by six wickets. Um, I mean, we called it a playoff, and I think it is. I think Northants are gone, and I think Derbyshire now are really in the race for the top four. This is getting very tight now. Yeah, I do think they're gone as well now. They're definitely gone. They've played too many games now, haven't they? They've... 14 points will not get you in. There's too many too many sides around you that can can get too many. But Derbyshire should definitely still in there. Um, and who knows? We, we talked about that point. It's still the only one-pointer in the entire tournament so far. Have we ever had a blast get this this deep without having at least lost one game to rain? I can't remember many times. Surely not. I I can't remember many. Many blasts. No, it always happens. We always lose some, don't we? Even last year we lost a couple to rain. I'm sure we did. Yeah. By this point. But even that was that the only games lost summer. to rain so far in this game have been Durham wins. Well, that is that's yeah, a nice, that's a lovely little segue there. We'll have very, that one. Very, very. We said good. we need to give Ben Rain more credit. Um, so there it is. That did take a second, but very, very good. Well done. <laughs> uh, right, we're going to talk about the tables then. This is how they look. We'll start with the North Group. Uh, Birmingham Bears played ten, won seven, lost three, on fourteen points. Uh, Notts Outlaws played eleven, won seven, lost four. Also on 14 points. Both of them currently in position for a home quarter final. In uh, third place, played 10, won 6, lost 4 of the Worcestershire Rapids on 12 points. Then come Lancashire, 11 played, 6-1, lost 5 on 12 points. They're in the final qualification spot. Even though Yorkshire have got the same record as them, who are in fifth, played 11, won 6, lost 5. 0.767 minus net run rate compared to Lancashire's 0.223 plus net run rate. I have a sneaky suspicion, and God do I want to see it, that Lancashire versus Yorkshire will be the battle on uh, for the game at the Roses match at Emirates That's Old That's their last game as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like, we, have, be... we have one more after that, but so that could it might huge. not completely kill us. No, but, but it could it would completely be... kill them. It would be absolutely huge to see that, if that would be the case. Then that comes run rate's a worry for them, though, isn't it? Massively, massively agree with you. Uh, Derbyshire, though, are in sixth with a plus 4.36 net run rate and only played 11 games. Played f 11, won five, lost five, tied one. Northants, though, are not too far away on points, but they have played a game more. Played 12, won five, lost seven. 0.05 plus net run rate for them on 10 points. Then come Durham, 11 played, 1-4, lost 6, tied 1 with only 9 points. I do think they are done. A team that are officially mathematically eliminated, though, are the Leicestershire Foxes, played 11, 1-2, lost 9. Into the South group, then. It's a little bit more clearer, but it, uh, certainly towards the top. Somerset played 11, 1-9, lost 2, uh, with a plus 1.658 net run rate and 18 points. They are there. They are in the quarterfinal, but they are waiting mathematically certain 
if Essex beat Kent tomorrow on uh, Thursday, then they will qualify. If they beat Gloucestershire on Friday, they will also qualify. So they should be, yeah. by the end of the week, they should be in the quarterfinals. Let's be brutally honest about that. Yeah. Surrey are next. Played 11, won 8, lost 3 on 16 points. Then come the Essex Eagles. Played 10, won 7, lost 3 uh, onto 14 points. If they win their game in hand against Kent tomorrow... Not only do they put Somerset through, they go level on points with Surrey, so that could get a little bit interesting. But the net run rate is so tight between, not not that tight, so between them. So yeah, it's yeah. a huge gap. Then this is where it gets quite kind of interesting here. Hampshire played eleven, lot a one six champions. Yes, they are in fourth. Played eleven, one six, lost five with a plus. 0.602 net run rate. They're on twelve points. Kent Spitfires are on ten points with a plus naught. 0.108 net run rate. Played five, won five. They have a game in hand, and that game in hand is on Thursday, as we say, against Essex. A huge game now in the context of this top four race. Then come Glamorgan. Ten points, played 11, won five, lost six with a minus 0.867 net run rate. I don't know. I, they are clinging on to life as a Gloucestershire as well. Played for a uh, 10. One four lost six with a minus zero point nine six zero net run rate. I they're think gonna they're have gone, to, to be fair. They, they, I, the, the only reason why I'm not putting the final nail in the coffin is because they still have a game in hand on a couple of teams as well yeah. to try and push it up, but they are very very close to going. Uh, Sussex, I think, are gone as well. Ten played, one three uh, lost uh, six. Uh, yeah, so surely it that. must be impossible now for fourteen to get you in. Are they officially out? I think I they're, would say they're not officially out again because they have a game in hand um, on Hampshire. But they're gonna have to be. But, they're gonna have to be net perfect the rest of the way and hope that Hampshire it, can don't it get win. you in though. Fourteen with the other I, results and how they might go. I'm not sure it, it can. I, I mean, I mean, theoretically, I, I, it would have to be difficult to try and work it out. Um, but yeah, 14, I'm not sure. Moment, it's too, yeah. too many permutations. But yeah, one team that we can safely say are eliminated are Middlesex because they haven't won a game yet. They're still on zero points and they've lost all <laughs> ten games. We do know for certain that eight points will not get you in. <laughs> Correct. What we also don't know for certain, though, is who's going to win the next few games. So let's preview them uh, as we continue on the road to Edgebaston and the road to finals day. Here are some crucial games that we're going to look at. And we're going to start off in the North Group on Thursday. This game is bloody massive. If the Worcestershire Rapids win it, they will go second. If not win it, they go potentially back to the top of the pile and on to 16 points. This game is massive. And it automatically, this game can just reminds me of 2019 and that finals day ridiculous collapse and bottle job from Knotts. Yeah, but not this time. And I'm going with nothing else here other than the fact that the best possible result for Lancashire is not beating Worcestershire. I, I've given up now. I, I don't care that we're not going to get a home quarter final because I, I don't think we will. I think we're too far back now. I just want to make sure that we get in that top four and give ourselves a chance. And the way that that happens if we've not beat Worcestershire makes that easier. So come on, Sammy Purcell, you lovely young man. Should have had a photo with him, I think. And then he might have actually been a bit more uh, inclined to maybe help you. I am going to go at home. The Rapids are normally pretty good at home. There is a team there that have beaten them. Just going to point that out there. Uh, I'm going to go with Worcestershire. 
I'm going to go for it. I think they ju- I think they will do it. I think this Worcestershire side is very, very good. It's got a fantastic bowling attack. It's got a very well-balanced batting lineup. I think Worcestershire do it. The other game on Thursday then, Yorkshire against Birmingham. Big game this again. Remember, if Birmingham actually win their two games, Birmingham, I've got Yorkshire and then Worcestershire on Friday night, which again we'll preview in a second. If they win both those games, they are officially going to be in the quarterfinals. No ifs, no buts, no maybes. They'll be guaranteed in. I don't even think that. I think I think you're pretty certain of of a home quarterfinal if you win both games, to be honest. Oh no! If we if we if we win both games, then yes, I'm I'll be pretty confident of getting a home quarter final. Um, but just to make sure that we're getting that top four officially and make it mathematically certain, that's what we have to do. However, I'm gonna say we we see a huge response here from Yorkshire, and I think they're gonna make this a proper road. And as good as our batting lineup is, and it has been decent. We are going to miss the Hain train. And I think Yorkshire will get the job done here. I mean, I mean, anybody would. He's been fantastic so mm. far. But. But. It's about time. <laughs> for the big show. Be nice. Be nice to see him that well. Think, I think it happens here. I'm sick of picking Yorkshire. I'm not <laughs> doing it anymore. I think Maxi gets a big score. I think Al Davis probably gets 50. And I think Maxi then just goes large and gets 70 ish off 30. Wouldn't mind that. Gets you up to. Gets you up to a score that's too many, or chases down a score, whichever way around it is. I think you win this game. Have more confidence than me. Into the South Group, then. That's, we'll that's start... not hardly, hardly <clears throat> a surprise. This is it. correct. Correct. <laughs> you have been, you have been a negative man all week, to be honest. And quite rightly so. We're going to move on because we're not talking about it. So the South group is where we need to talk about. And this game in particular, we need to talk about. Third versus fifth. Essex win. I'm going to call it and say I think the top four is done. Kent win. Oh, baby, have we got ourselves fun coming on if Kent win this game. However, I hate to be the party pooper. I think Essex are going to win this game and they're going to win it comfortably. And they're going to put some set into the quarterfinals and we're basically going to be waiting there at this point and we're basically just going to be waiting to see who finishes top between Surrey and Somerset. Okay. Essex win. Okay. I also think Essex win at Chelmsford. I just, I, I like them at home. I think they're a very good side at home. But I don't think that is the top four done at that point. I mm. still think Hampshire are wobbling and could still be got at. Because there'll still only be two points in it with no game in hand at that point. It could still turn around. I don't think that's the top four sort of nailed on for who is finished in it. 
but I do think this is an Essex win. Let's just go through this next game, which is going to be on Sky Sports Surrey, Surrey win. because of course it is. Yep, Surrey beat Middlesex at the Oval. Yeah, move on. I, I honestly think this could be a record score. This is the, yeah, that, yeah, that's it how could be. it could be yeah. massive. This could be huge, and I think sorry. So, so should we get bowled out for fifty? Then do they? Yeah. That's okay. how it works. Brilliant. That's how it works. But you can watch it, of course, on Sky Sports Surrey because, of course, you can. Um, Gloucestershire against Sussex is the remaining game in the South Group on Thursday. Ooh. Sussex have nothing to play for. Gloucester have everything to play for. They are on life support. Um, I'll say they win at Bristol. Why not? Gloucestershire win. Yeah. Yeah, I think so as well. Yeah, I was I was toying with the idea of of picking young Rabbi and his boys to win this one. If they'd been at home, maybe, but yeah, I think lost two in a Bristol as well. Move on to Friday then, an eight game match day. You know how much we love an eight game yes, match day. Yes, eight game on, Fridays. We know, you know how much we love it on this pod. We'll start off then with the local derby in the Midlands. Birmingham against Worcestershire. Remember, Birmingham beat Worcestershire earlier on this season at New Road. They come to Edge Baston. This time, do the pairs. They could be, theoretically, level on points with the Birmingham Bears at this point. But, as we all know, Bears eat pairs. Bears dub. You Bears. Correct. Come on, beat Worcestershire. Beat Worcestershire, let's have another one. I'm I'm just picking with absolute heart overhead now. I've given up on anything else. I want us in the top four, so yep. Spurs win. I can't wait to be shouting that. I've missed that so much. Uh right. The the game been a now while this now, is this hasn't it? It's been a been a been a little while since your last one. Yeah, a couple of weeks, so uh, very much excited about that. Um, Lanks against Derbyshire, and this has become a huge game, really, because if Derbyshire win this game now, they can overtake you in the top four race. Spoiler alert, they're they not going to, because uh, the, you, you don't lose at home. Like You haven't won, you haven't lost a game there in, since COVID. So, you know, it, it's nice to dream the last if you're a Derbyshire was, fan. The last time was BC. <laughs> Correct, it was. Um, Lanks win. <laughs> Blanks win this game. Let's just move on. Yes, I will be there. Yeah, um, yep, me, the social manager, uh, the social media manager, and and my little sis again will Very be good. there. Shut up, Jarlof, before you say anything. What? I haven't said a thing. I've just said very good. That's all I've said. <laughs> it's not what you said the other day. But yes, Blanks win. Um, I'll probably be very stressed throughout the throughout the entire time again because we don't we're not making it easy on ourselves even when we're winning but i think we win again at home you just don't lose at home that's the key thing uh durham yeah. against yorks this game I, i'll make it simple i think actually actually i am um, got a little sneaky suspicion that durham do yorkshire here at home oh okay man on road on, well, it's not a road, is it? It's not Headingley. Chester Street, you actually have to oh, play shots. It's not. Oh, we're at Chester, Chester Street, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, actually have to play, you actually have to, yeah, you actually have to bat. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you can't just wild, wildly swing through the line. I like this result as well. Because, again, I, well, I think, actually, if, um, 
if these results go as we picked them so far, I am having Durham to beat Yorkshire as well. And Jordan Thompson going for sixty off his fourth. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Durham win. I actually think if that if these results go as we've predicted them so far, with Worcestershire losing twice and Yorkshire losing twice, we're in basically at that point. I think. Well, I've got Worcestershire winning against Notts, by the way. I should stress that now. Um, but, you know, I think Lanx, I think Lanx will... I think Lanx well, that'll be fine, be... That, that'll be fine at that yeah. point, to be fair. That brings us back into the top two race. Yeah, it probably does. <laughs> um, final game, then, to look ahead to in the North group is a game that, I'll be brutally honest, doesn't really matter. Um, Leicester against North Ants. Um, won't spend too much time on it. And for the lols, we'll pick Leicestershire. Why not? Yep, absolute waste of everybody's time, this game. <laughs> not for the fans, it's not. It, well, it is, because even Leicestershire and Northampton fans don't want to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> so you think... I don't know. I don't really care. Northampton, they're a better side. Right, fair enough. Okay, uh, moving on to the South group, and this game is <laughs> diplomatic as always. Yes, this game is bloody massive. Yes, this game is huge. Hampshire against Essex, the next game. Hampshire win, yeah. then the top four sealed. Essex win, it gives everybody in the chasing pack unchance. Yeah. And Essex do win, because Hampshire are wobbling right now. And I think the pressure gets to them. I'm not so sure. Essex are a good side as well, really good side. And I think they beat them. And I think it leaves the door open for both Kent and Glamorgan still to potentially get in there. I'm not so sure. they can level it up on points... Yes, Hampshire have still got a little bit of a better net run rate, but I think, yeah, I just I think Essex are a good side. They are, but at home, at the Rose Bowl, very rarely do Hampshire lose. So I'm picking the Hawks to soar above the Eagles in that one. Uh, next game that we'll look at then is, uh, is going to be Glamorgan. Uh, they take on Sussex at Cardiff. I'll make it pretty simple. Glamorgan win. Yeah, I think Glamorgan win this one as well. It's... Yeah, I just don't... Sussex just aren't performing. Are they? They're just struggling a little bit. And Glamorgan at home are always a good good bet, I think. Except when they play someone half decent. <laughs> um, yeah, but I just can't. I just can't see Sussex putting up two hundred and thirty-eight. No, I, I, I agree with you. Um, third game, Kent Middlesex. I'm pretty sure we're all both. We're both both picking Kent. Yeah, very good. Which is why Hampshire are in trouble if they do lose to Essex because Kent could win this one by a long way. Uh, yep, I, I, I'm now now remember Middlesex as well. They are not got another home game actually. All blasts. They're not getting a point. I've said it. Yeah. I've said it already. I said it last week. They do not get a point in this blast. I don't think they will either because their running is unless it rains. Yeah, their running <laughs> unless it rains. Their running is awful. They've got Essex away. 
next up, loss. And uh, their final game is away. Spoiler at alert, but that's a loss. And then final game away. <laughs> and that's also a loss. Yeah, is against <laughs> Club Organ. Uh, yes. Um, right. Uh, this game then could be where we have our first quarter finalist officially confirmed at Taunton. It could already be that Somerset are already in. Uh, they take on Gloucestershire. Good, good game, this. Good game for Sky Sports, this one. Is it a Sky Sports? Sorry, showing this one. But I will say this. This game is going to be a proof as to why Somerset are the favourites for this title. They will batter Gloucestershire and put every nail that needs to be put into the coffin in said coffin. Somerset piss this. Okay. Okay. You know yeah. my love of cider. You know my love of cider. You do love a cider. We all love a cider. Especially when the sun's out. Um, yeah, I think they win as well. Trying to hide the tension there, were you? I was trying to make it close and think, I think it could be tight. And I actually think it will. I don't think it will be a one-sided beating. I don't think they're going to absolutely maul Gloucestershire. I think Gloucestershire are a solid enough side. And I think it's a similar sort of ground to them playing at home. So I think it'll be competitive. But I do think some of that are just a little bit too good. And I think they will win this game as well. We shall see what happens. So, Ex- like I say, excellent game for Sky Sports as well. I think it will be a good watch. However, surely it should have been the Bears Purs game on Sky. Uh, in a way, I'm sort of glad it's not, so I can just stay in the tent. Well, of course you. Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> rather than being um, on but... the, rather than being running around uh, Edge Bastard trying to find people to do how's that come again? If Freya's there. I'll get you back on, Freya. Uh, but Cam McFarlane, thank you very, very much indeed. Take a quick single with Vitality. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cam, thank you as always, mate. Lovely, lovely show as always. We've gone on for far too long, like every single time. But for some reason, people like it and they keep listening to it. And they do. And we really do appreciate you listening. So thank you very, very much. Indeed, as always, it is a pleasure to keep talking cricket with you and with Cam and with everybody else that's part of the show. So thank you very, very much indeed. You're part of the show. We really do appreciate you coming back to us as we always do. We will be back recording sometime over the weekend. Don't know when it's going to be, but it will be sometime over the weekend uh, with a review of well, Thursday. Well, it was going to be Saturday. Yes, it was going to be Saturday, but unfortunately my But the, uh, our resident dog walker now, yeah. <laughs> he's not attending. Yes, I, um, I'm still here, by the way. I'm still at my bed. Should we do a quick giveaway for the two tickets? <laughs> no. No, definitely not, uh, because we can get in trouble. Uh, but on, on a serious note, uh, no, uh, it was going to be Saturday. We were going to be recording at the uh, at the Trent Bridge Inn uh, ahead of the Washes test. Um, but unfortunately, uh, I, I can't go right now uh, because of some family stuff that involves me walking uh, my parents' dog. Long story short, uh, but a, long, a very long story which no one gives a shit about. So we're going to move on and we're going to say goodbye. We're going to be back over the weekend. God knows when it's going to be. We'll record it over the weekend. It will be with you uh, in your uh, podcast feed on Monday morning when we'll be looking back 
at Thursday and Friday's games, we'll probably be making a call on do we think the top four is done? Do we think we know who's going to be playing where? And then obviously later in the week, probably on Friday, we'll have our preview pod where we look ahead to Friday, Saturday and Sunday's games, the final games that will be in the blast group stage as the race for the top four in each group comes to its conclusion. From Cam McFarlane from myself, Jonathan, and thank you as always for listening to the T20 Blast podcast. We're back on Monday morning to wherever you get your podcast from as we look back on a very important Thursday and Friday. The top four races are starting to take shape. Who will qualify though? Will we have our first quarter finalists by the end? of Friday's action. I'm gonna guess yes and we could have multiple. We'll come back to that though and we'll yeah. hear and we will hear that and we'll talk about that on Monday morning when you get your podcast from us. But from the pair of us have a fantastic Vitality T20 Blast Thursday and Friday and we'll see you again on Monday. Goodbye.